0: Hello and welcome to the Psycho Media Podcast. I am Timothy Swan. Yeah, Ben's not here. Basically, what's happening is is that he's in Korea uh, for a wedding and uh, the missile didn't kill him, so that's nice. There's no world war as yet, as far as I'm aware. Uh, If there is one between when I'm recording this on Friday afternoon and when this goes out on Friday evening, I'll kind of be disappointed. Um, Although I will have called it, so that will be nice. Um, Yeah. Anyway, um, what I'd like to do is um, introduce some rather random sections from the Psychomedia archives. Uh, What I think I'll start with is a few of Ben's accounts of uh, the the ways in which secretly and silently, behind the scenes, his wonderful girlfriend has contributed to this podcast. So if you listen to that... um, And then uh, I'll come back and then introduce our next section. Basically, this is like a clip show. It's like one of those stupid, cheap montage episodes that everyone hates in sitcoms. And I thought, that's a great idea. I'll do that. So things will be thematically tied. There's even a spot of psychology in here, I know. Shocking. Um, There's also some random remembrances of school and university and some other things. I'll just ramble in between, and I'm sure everyone loves my rambling. I do wonder how you know solo podcasters do solo podcasting. I hear that the Romance is Boring podcast from my uh, mistress, Max Barnard, is going out this week. And uh, I believe he's done that first episode purely solo. And of course, my nemesis, Herring, he puts out a solo podcast every day. I have no idea how he talks into the void. I think mostly he reads his blog, which is kind of cheating if you think about it. But um, I was mentioned on his blog once, actually, uh, because I sent it a sketch into a script for the final episode of As It Occurs To Me. I've probably mentioned that. It was a big ego boost. Uh, it was a sketch all about how Andrew Collins had become essentially Stuart Lee, which, if you are into the whole Collins and Heron mythology, is cool. And if you're not, then it will make absolutely no sense. So yeah, listen to uh, Ben talking about all the ways that the girlfriend, as he seems to call her on this show, has contributed to the show.
1: person incidentally with whom i have a debate about vitamin c is her i think we have two we have two things that we argue about whether orange squash contains vitamin c and whether sharks are fish right well sharks (laughs) are fish sharks are fish um they are what is it uh uh echidna somethings no look all you have
0: to do to answer that question is look on wikipedia I know I did. This and, didn't seem to convince her. Yeah, <laughs> right. Class, chrondrichthys, the cartilaginous fishes. What's the, what's the one with shark in? Uh, okay, so they're class, I'm just seeing if the infra, Oh,
1: because it's not really broken up in the same way. Hang on, I'll find it. There's a specific thing in there that was an excellent word. Um, but the first thing and- that features the Greek word for fish is the class is chrondra
0: ichthys, which literally means cartilage fish. Elasmobranchi, that's
1: the one, elasmobranchs.
0: Okay, yes, I see that one. The subclass, elasmobranchi,
1: that's pretty cool. Elasmobranchs, we 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 decided, I mean, we still are agreeing to disagree as to whether sharks are fish or not, but we did decide that isla- elasmobranchs is a much better term than sharks for people who um, try and get on with freshers in first week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. And then, like vitamin C content in uh, orange squash, what do you believe? Do you believe that there is some? Yes. Uh, Yahoo answers. It depends on the additives, but does it not say on the side?
1: Not really. Okay. Otherwise, we would have settled this argument much uh, earlier. I,
0: there's no, there's no necessary, necessary, necessary. Um. Good new word. <laughs> There's no. It wouldn't necessarily mean that you'd won the argument just because there was the, uh, the the you know the thing on the side. This is true. Um, well, it's like although, if anything, you know, getting vitamins out of vitamin tablets is thought to be difficult because of absorption
1: problems. I did not know that. However, I mean, my my attitude on this has always been that actually solving these arguments is not necessarily uh, uh, conducive to our relationship because if these are the only two arguments that we have then that's fine yes okay i suppose that. that's true and i worry that if we solve one of them then maybe another argument will come along of a more like reasonable nature
0: yeah have you had uh, a game fe- plan have you had any feedback then uh
1: not really okay. No, i mean the it's not really feedback but a great deal of once again this is becoming a slightly distressing theme um a great deal of my preparation this week was directly sourced from my girlfriend. <laughs> but I, put, I would like to say that this is because she is currently doing a job which involves sif, uh, downloading and sifting through all the reading on the reading lists for uh, an undergraduate psychologist. Um, wow. So th- this involves an, a gr- much more exposure to psychology than I, a mere DPhil student, actually would ever have. Okay. Um, so it is quite handy well, but
0: think, that, that's not really feedback
1: that's just me talking household
0: with. members and relatives as I believe you declared last week um, <laughs> yeah well that'll do
1: okay <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we keep the acting to a minimum in future <laughs> next week next week we'll do one with South African accents <laughs>
0: Yes, that won't be that won't be the most offensive
1: thing you have ever done. <laughs> nope, it won't. Yeah, that's the trouble. Oh, <laughs> incidentally, you know that that joke I made last week about uh, Korean people eating dogs. Yes. I checked. That's not racist. Okay, who did you check
0: with? Presumably a
1: Korean. No, my girlfriend. <laughs> right, <laughs> you're an expert on things that are racist uh, or not. According to according to Matt, uh, Koreans themselves are extremely racist.
0: That doesn't make it okay, because I make you know I think making jokes about like French people or Russian people because they have maybe a higher level of racism that makes it okay. It's not really. <laughs> so yes, this week I recorded the uh, final episode of Tim and Max. I'm sure I've done other things, watched more of Homeland, which I'm sure is very exciting for Ben as well, and he'll have some exciting betrayals and counter betrayals to catch up on in uh, the Showtime series, although there was a bit that I did note with my uh, obsession with Dexter um, where a character got beaten up and then injected in the neck to subdue him um, and really, if you've watched Dexter, you'll know that if you inject someone with the neck, that pretty much should use them without you having to worry about the beating them first uh, Yes. now, what section are we going to talk about next maybe we will have some insights into the sort of philosophy of uh, psychomedia the way the um, show i was going to say works but that's really not the uh, case our kind of theory of uh, comedy and how uh, the uh, show happens organically um, because i'm sure you're all very interested in that and uh, fascinated to the behind the scenes insight Maybe I should print some transcripts of our original discussions about starting the show. Unfortunately, I've lost the one where we discussed all the other potential alternative titles. And I can't remember any of them. They were all a lot less slick than Psychomedia, I can assure you, although perhaps more distinctive to find on Google. So yes, I'll return to uh, to Tim and Ben's thoughts on... Because, you know, in the future, editing this together, I'm not really Tim as such... Um, Thoughts on what happens when we're doing psychomedia, when we're psychomedia-ing. Also, I uh, should note that uh, I can, uh, at any point, I want give myself a seal of approval from Ben. Nice. Uh, a facility that I promise not to abuse at all. So, uh, yes, Ben, do you think it's a good idea to... Uh... Actually, no, that doesn't really work with the timestamp, does it? I was going to ask him a question. It's not him saying yes. Stupid... Ink stamper not being able to change using audio sound. I blame Ben for this, and Korea, and France. Um, yeah, well, I'll discuss blaming Korea and France a little bit later. Or have I done it already? Who knows? I've done it already. I know because I'm the editor. I'm not losing it at all. So, Ben, what do you think of the idea that we uh, talk about the psychomedia process? Nice. You think it's a nice idea? Cool. Cool cool cool. Hashtag cool cool cool. Yeah, comedy is a tougher one to do. But in a way, just like kind of if we just let the things we chat about <laughs> accelerate, as it were, <laughs> It usually goes somewhere. Blow out of all proportion. <laughs> yeah, I mean like could, I
1: don't know. We could pick some old topics that we've talked about and found funny. <laughs> we, could, we could. I mean, that one, I was worried that that one that we just did there was was getting a bit dry in the middle and then the orphan urine turned up. And that <laughs> was absolutely like I was pissing myself <laughs> off camera, um, which is not pun absolutely intended. Um, I was
0: at a murder mystery evening the other um, week and... Um, you have to do all the statements that's like on your character cards i tell you what i was brilliant at getting them all into conversation because it's just like speaking of something quite tangential this (laughs) which is how you conduct
1: conversations normally so that makes perfect sense
0: yeah well clearly i i've got a vocation in life anyway um feedback wise uh backed up what our friend dean said uh last week by saying i have that same experience i think of something to write uh and then i think i should listen to the rest of the episode before posting a comment just in case it's something that is uh you know answered um but then forget what i was going to say i guess ben and tim should take the positive feedback that actually reaches them as representative of a much larger pool uh certainly i think that's (laughs) something i do by natural causes oh that's a nice that's a very nice sentiment uh Yeah. yeah and uh
1: that was brilliant that was absolutely brilliant i love that uh kind of escalated and got away from you <laughs> yes it
0: did i had the stuff i was, had written down and then there were some other things
1: uh, <laughs> right makes nobody who is uh, isn't playing uh oh public. oh well never mind oh <laughs> we don't do this for other people <laughs> yes
0: So there you go. You now feel so much more aware of the ridiculous things that go on inside this podcast, or indeed after this podcast, where, of course, we record some of our best and funniest content. Um, you know what I didn't start with? I didn't start with feedback. Do you know why I didn't start with feedback? Because my brain is about as fried as some delicious, delicious bacon. Um... Brain supposedly is good fried, the Australians and the French say. I don't trust them, but I do trust you, our listeners. That's not necessarily true. I don't really have any strong feelings of trust or otherwise towards the listeners. See what happens when Ben's not here? Sean, also known as Baron Malachi, uh, wrote in to uh, say that uh, he had uh, downloaded and given all the episodes to a friend of uh, his who is a psych uh student and who had submitted a masters on having prosopagnosia um and she's canadian and we all love our weird canadian listeners um and uh Indeed, he did the thing of calling Ben, not Tim, which I also approve of. But yeah, prosopagnosia. Prosopagnosia is amazing. We will definitely cover it at some point because me and Ben had a fascinating experience with someone with prosopagnosia. And by fascinating, I mean, oh, it made the best story ever. I don't mean that in an insulting way. It's actually about the abuse of one's disability rather than the disability itself. Um, yes. Um, further to that, Sam, protein, because hey, Sam, don't you write in every week? I'm glad you do. It means that there's always uh, feedback, all sorts of things. Uh, Venn diagrams of humour are always entertaining. Well, I think you might be the only one there, Sam. You know, if you imagine a Venn diagram of, oh, you get it. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> the whole uh, m- murder binge of uh, visiting your in-laws apparently is very similar to arsenic and old lace. I'll have to look that up. We managed to make him laugh boisterously in public, uh, but unfortunately not whilst anyone was looking with uh, endogenous dolphins. Can't claim credit for that. Really can't. Um, and uh, yes, uh, apparently both Sartre and Heidegger would have a lot to say about The Hunger Games and about serial killers with XYY. Um Apparently, Sartre wrote a uh, screenplay for a movie on Freud called The Freud Scenario, which to me sounds like a Robert Ludlum book, but with uh, rather less amnesiac assassins and rather more kind of horrifying consequences. Also, Sam was apparently once given a last rollo by someone, um, but he didn't realise the significance because he hadn't been bombarded with the ad campaigns. Well, I'm sorry, Sam. Yeah, that was a really meaningful moment and not just a random act of sugary kindness. I don't think I've ever been given a Rolo. I'm not the big, big, biggest fan of coconut... Coconut? I'm not the biggest fan of coconut in the world. Okay, apparently my brain thinks it's more important that I deny bounty than Rolo. Caramel. Caramel is the one that doesn't really do it for me. Um, yeah. It's not really feedback, but under the auspices of the ambassador of psychological comedy, I wrote into to Papi's, formerly known as Pappies Fun Club, but then they kicked out a member and lost the idea of being fun, or a club. Um to inform them about epigenetics. They'd been talking about if sperm was frozen, would it contain personality qualities from the particular time period in which it was frozen? And so if you were a test tube baby made from 80s sperm, would you have an 80s personality? And obviously, you know, they were being ridiculous, but I wrote in to point out that epigenetics means that certain behavioural, things can be encoded based on the time one comes to maturity and thus frozen sperm from a certain era could lead to qualities designed to respond to that era behaviorally um and they may well put that up on their tumblr which is nice because that's what all fans of improvised sketch comedy want is uh psychologist talking about epigenetics when he's not even a geneticist and hasn't even studied genetic psychology. Maybe I'll ask Ben about it next week, see if he knows anything about it, because he actually has studied the genetics of psychology, and uh, I very much haven't. I hear there are genes that can make people behave crazy, Um, but uh, it's all to do with the length of proteins, apparently, at least in, you know, kind of the mental health implications of genetics. Um, Who'd have thought? Just the length of a chain uh, can determine... Some big factors. Anyway, I'll move on to uh, introducing another section, uh, a brief one uh, related to Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, that's really what we're going for here. As I say, this is a crazy episode. It's a strange episode. Um, It's an episode, basically, that's a bit like being on the inside of my brain, and as we all know, Ben is the only thing that keeps this show coherent. I'll just say one last thing before we talk about psychology. Um, I finally got a chance to see the film The Fantastic Mr. Fox, which my younger brother uh, bought my dad for Christmas because, uh, basically, because it's a Wes Anderson film and uh, we really enjoyed The Life Aquatic. Okay. Uh, And what I want to know is how would a child react to that film? Because we found it really funny, (laughs) but we kind of get the whole, you know, dry Wes Anderson humor thing.
1: Yeah. I think, once again, returning to Mark Hamode, uh, I was listening to his review of it a while back, and he, or yeah. one of his many like, repeated reviews, and he was like, yeah, it's, it's not a kid's film. It's full of adult humour and no kid's humour, um, which yeah. is weird, but fair enough. And
0: also, kind of the transitive property of the language right. is interesting, because they just use uh, the phrase cuss. The whole time, as this kind of interchangeable thing for pretty much any form of profanity, but in constructions that we would recognise and can kind of derive back from. So it's like, interestingly, this script is, you know, if you changed cuss back, it would be like an
1: 18 <laughs> Well, that is interesting.
0: I, I found that interesting. Mm. Uh, anyway. Uh let's see. Let's see. I'm going to I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go... No, I can't see a target again. I've worked painted myself into a corner.
1: Oh. I was I was going to give you a a desktop drum roll, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: well, what I could say is that uh of course the fantastic Mr Fox has this attribute of uh, cunning.
1: Um <laughs> that is true.
0: And uh so, you know, it's interesting that anthropomorphism we're giving uh him a personality uh, a personality that actually comes across we all think of all foxes as cunning
1: we, we, okay so one thing i like the fact that your voice faded slightly as you were trying to make that belabored segue like you weren't really committing to it and we're getting ready to cut and run
0: <laughs> the second i'm just gonna drop the mic and leave you hanging.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is um that is sounding a lot more like the episode on stereotyping than the one on personality
0: Okay, okay. Have you got any better? Ideas?
1: Have I got a better segue? Um well, we could always just go back to talking about the Old Republic, which makes <laughs> it much easier. So i saw No, star this is not this an week. Old Republic podcast. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> stop. Stop like denying it. It definitely is. Do you know this what week? one of
0: those characteristics are? Uh I
1: think. <laughs> yeah your ability to be like a fox man i i do a whole extended thing Foxiness
0: is a totally different personality type
1: i do a whole thing later in the podcast about like a, someone deciding that a personality trait is like attitudes towards a particular animal i should have totally made it a fox but as you will see later it's actually an objectively funnier animal
0: <laughs> i'm excited to see uh, <laughs> Okay, that was definitely a spurious segment. Nevertheless, as uh, Frank Skinner has wanted to say, uh, I will quickly introduce a section upon the uh, topic of school and university remembrances and the weirdness of uh, college. Um, and then after that, there will be some psychology and some uh, continuation of thoughts on Stahol's and Orphan urine, which don't really... Touch in uh, that much with psychology, but was surprisingly funny, given that we would supposedly finish the episode and talking about the topic uh, do go back to the show notes to see the picture that I uh, talk about for that particular episode if you would like but yes, first, something about the weirdness of my high school and the extra double triple bonus weirdness with uh, cheese and occasionally bacon yes, that's a double mention of bacon because it's a bacon double podcast or something. Um, in uh, oxford university um, <laughs> we used to have ai uh, i don't know who was i telling this about recently we used to have a supply teacher in my high school who uh his strategy for getting a class to work and obviously it's quite difficult as a supply teacher to get a class to work was uh he would do some amazing accents and impersonations and say i'll do five minutes more of that at the end if you work hard for the next 50 minutes and it worked so uh, credit to Mr. Story, the supply teacher, for having that's an ingenious of awesome. way of keeping classes <laughs> in order. Um, not that my school was an especially rough or difficult school. Although, you know, I was in a few classes where it certainly felt like we were troubling people and, you know, making teachers weep and stuff. Anyway. Ah, um,
1: school. I will uh, I'll make Are some. Are there make any some... of them
0: doing language and cognition? I suppose there no, must but I must be two.
1: Think, I think years. it's better if you have it like spread over the years, so some of the, the first years will never have even encountered this stuff. Oh, yeah, that's a totally fair game.
0: I suppose we <laughs> divide the teams equally, but then it's just like the second years are just like, oh, I did this. Mm. Anyway. So, yeah, that is a, a
1: mildly offensive
0: thing to do. I, uh, I actually had to learn it quite well, because my tube partner, for when we were learning this, spent most of his life... Uh, in a deep slumber waiting to be awakened by his prince.
1: <laughs> I see. Was it... it okay, I'm not going to follow that one up. Um, but anyway... He was a so heavenly mental... being. I see. <laughs> um, but presumably not in the sense of actually contributing anything to your tutorials.
0: Well, I think maybe he was just too I, I... He was on another plane. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I shouldn't besperge
0: his name, but it did mean a lot of extra work for me. So, you know, and my feelings towards lots of extra work for me. (laughs) Because the rules of Oxford tutorials are pretty much similar, I think, to the works of any group endeavour. If someone has fallen behind, you cover for them. You ask distracting questions, you bring up stuff you've done, you make sure that your work is what's being discussed so that their gaps in the knowledge are missed and you throw the questions over to each other and the rest of it. But hopefully over time it ends up being equitable. So one week, mm-hmm. you know, Ben will have done more reading than me and I'll have had a bit of a busy week. So Ben will, you know, I'll go, Oh, I think Ben had said something to me about this, etc., etc. And we cover for each other. Um, and you put up the intellectual smoke screen. Through but which you have to make sure that it's equitable. One person can't do all the heavy lifting.
1: Sorry, South that's time. such a distraction. That's uh, no, fine. It's fine. I, I have like.
0: Yeah, I uh, graduate on the day the Olympics starts. <laughs> when
1: are well, you going to graduate? Yeah, so so I, I finished my undergraduate as, as Tim and Mira did in 2010. I will be having my first graduation ceremony next February. Okay. Uh, no, next November. Sorry. Oh whoa, no, agree. after
0: me. Wow.
1: Yeah, I will be. I will be graduating November two thousand and twelve for my undergrad, and then the following year for my masters, which I okay. finished last year. <laughs> uh, yes, the Oxford graduation system is stupid and weird.
0: Yeah, and you could stay a graduand forever,
1: uh, like I, I could. Uh,
0: you know our uh, good friends Lee and Herring. But uh, no, we don't want to go into that quite yet. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, well, we my, want to get get mirror. Plan- Okay, so all that's left is for me to introduce the final actual substantive section, which involves me explaining a little bit about factor analysis and statistics, uh, Ben talking about the Skillcraft project to study skill in video games, and then us both discussing Star Wars and orphan urine. And then I will leave you, and hopefully you've enjoyed this little something. uh, If not, then, well... That's because I made it out of dead body parts. That's the whole conceit of the Franken-podcasts. And uh, me and Ben will be back sometime. Hopefully next week. I'd very much like it to be next week. Um, But it really does just depend on where in the world is Benjamin Fell. Uh, Otherwise, speak to you soon, psychomedians. And blame Korea. Blame France. Blame me. Um... Basically blame anything you want for the uh, state of affairs in which Ben is halfway across the world. I miss him too. Bye bye.
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to talk about factor analysis. I, I have a little bit on it later. So, I, I mean, if you want to explain it, then that's awesome. And I'll just like blase and go ahead with my little bit, too. But uh, oh, let's no, find out. have
0: got a nice explanation.
1: Um, oh, OK. Well, I have an, I have like an example. Uh, OK. Well, so well, feel off.
0: free to use your example. I have an example. It's quite a spurious one. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to know, there was a time when I thought statistics were fun. Because you can apply statistics to anything. You can graph anything you can make up numbers for. And that's part of the appeal of cricket and baseball. Uh, We won't talk about all the ways I've applied it. That leads to madness. Let's just say that statistically significantly, I did not lose that geek war. (laughs) I was thinking about this the other day. Had a bit of a geek war. We have hired hired an independent judge to determine who out of uh, me and a group of our friends was the geekiest. And uh, I have a feeling my score rating, which was a whopping... 88 out of 110, i.e.
1: 80%, (laughs) probably gone up since we did that. I think so. I I know for a fact that although I was not involved in this this geek war, I know for a fact that since that time, my geek rating definitely would have gone up yeah uh, had i been involved unless there's been kind of inflation or something but yeah. it's like it's if, if geekery was a personality trait it would uh, suffer from uh, what's it, the flynn effect severely <laughs> i think it would uh, it's kind of the opposite of
0: beck's beck's cognitive theory because beck who disliked the way of looking personality reckoned that if you observe something it will reduce in value and that's the whole idea between behind
1: cognitive behavioral therapy that he developed Anyhow, it's like a less extreme form of Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> Rather than killing it, it just gets smaller. <laughs> the observed
0: cat just yeah, shrinks into, <laughs> I don't know, tiny subatomic size. <laughs>
1: Anyhow. Um, okay, well, I have one last sort of study that I can talk about, which uh, shouldn't take too long. So this is... Um, it's not really a study... It's it's going to be at some point, but it isn't yet. So uh, I we are on the cutting edge. I, I someone actually at the summer school I was on told me about this. It's called Skillcraft, um, and it is run out of Simon Fraser University in Canada by a guy called Mark Blair. And some of you may, and some of you may not know, of the uh, game called StarCraft, or specifically StarCraft 2. StarCraft 2 is made by Blizzard, the guys who make World of Warcraft and Diablo, and it is basically the most successful, or certainly the best, I think, Uh, eSports. eSports being games that are played as sports, professionally. Uh, Now there's a whole bunch of issues as to whether a game can really be a sport and all this stuff, but... Given the fact that in, uh, certainly in in Korea, uh, the top StarCraft players are basically rock stars. Uh, They earn thousands and thousands, if not millions of dollar equivalents for playing StarCraft professionally. And there are also a large number of uh, American and European professional StarCraft players and professional StarCraft teams. Uh, competing continuously, and it, it's got a huge online uh, following because you, it's you know you don't you don't watch Starcraft on TV like you do with football. You watch it on uh, live streams on the internet, and there are Starcraft professional Starcraft commentators and all this kind of thing. And it is a big industry, and it's got a lot of support, and it is growing uh, in the gaming community because a lot of people. The thing about Starcraft is it's a very very difficult and fast paced and complex game. At when played at the high level, it's re- it's very difficult to get into. Like I've tried to learn it, and it's it's got a very steep learning curve. Um, and watching professionals at it, when you know a little bit about what's going on, watching the top players at it is a really exciting experience. It's a very fast-paced, very uh, you know back and forth game. There's an awful lot an awful lot of skill involved, and plus the fact like. As opposed to watching like a bunch of people hurling a ball around, you're watching armies blow each other up and explode each other with nuclear missiles and like gribbly space aliens attack each other. So it makes a good spectator sport as well. And a lot of people who uh, watch StarCraft um, as as an eSport don't play it. Like I watch a lot of it and I don't play it because it's, you know, it's exciting to watch. And the commentators are often very, very good and make it really kind of engaging viewing experience.
0: I guess that's authentic to other more physical sports. I'm probably going to watch a rugby match tonight. I
1: cannot play rugby. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's difficult to kind of convince people who aren't very used to it of the idea of a computer game as a sport. But you only have to see the crowds that get drawn to the big um, Starcraft 2 tournaments. And the kind of excitement and the, the sort of reaction to these these players and the games is, yeah, it's a sport. It clearly is. And there's a lot of money in it. Um, anyway, the interesting thing from a psychological perspective, according to Mark Blair, is the study of expertise. Now, expertise is a concept which has been studied for a very long time, and there's been a lot of work done on it. And But the pro- there are a number of problems with studying it. So... A lot of times, these are laid out on... uh, I'll send a couple of links for the show notes to the the pages for this, because it's really interesting. There's a lot of limitations with studying experts and what constitutes expertise and how people become experts. Um, Often, so some of these are pointed out, so often you have studies with very small numbers of participants because it's quite difficult to get lots of experts in any particular thing. Um, It's also difficult to kind of code and rate uh, expert behavior. So often in the past, they've used things like chess masters or uh, like expert surgeons. Um, And whilst it's kind of undeniable that someone who is an uh, an expert at chess is an expert, it's very difficult to, you know, uh, even sort of code their games of chess and like work out what it is in the game that makes them... Makes them the expert and differentiates them from non-experts. And in any case, you can't. You have to like watch lots of videos of them playing games or whatever, and then try and extract the information from it, which is really laborious and difficult. What Mark Blair reckons about StarCraft is that a StarCraft has a huge and in-depth statistics uh, like generation within it, and every game of StarCraft that you play. Um, is immediately available as a replay with all the completely all the data and all the information contained within it. Uh, every, every move that the player makes is recorded. Every click, every uh, movement of the camera, you can see all of this in these replay files. So he, and because it has both this easy accessibility of the data and because there is uh, a it is played to an extremely high level and requires a great deal of skill and kind of cognitive engagement. Um, it's a perfect uh, stimulus and kind of measure of expertise. So I mean that there's nothing really more that I, I wanted to say about this other than this study has been set up. They are in data collection. If any of you happen to play StarCraft, you can submit your replays because they're interested in getting. Uh, data from the whole spectrum of players, um, and I'm I'm really interested in following this study to see what they find out because I think it's really a really cool idea. Um and yeah, but I yeah, just kind of wanted to point it out. Be
0: amazing to come up with a rating system.
1: You can imagine that they might actually end
0: up making a lot of money if they come up with some form of objective rating system that they can then sell to the StarCraft leagues in Korea.
1: Well, I mean, to be honest, that th- there already are those. Well, uh, because yeah. it's it's kind of it, it starts with the the sport. I think they're more interested in the, the sort of psychology behind it. And, you know, there are, when you, if you play StarCraft uh, kind of competitive, it, if you play StarCraft against other players, most people play in what's called, um, uh, what's it called? Laddering, which is where it, oh, yeah. the game has uh, kind of a league and uh, a league system kind of, in place within it so if you play against other people you'll be match you'll be put into a particular league based on your ability uh, okay, bronze yeah. through to diamond masters and grandmaster um, and you are you, you have matchmaking within that league and uh, at, there are seasons continuously running so you can uh, if you end up like in the top few uh, players in your league at the end of one season you'll potentially be promoted into the next one so a lot of for a lot of people, Star playing StarCraft, it was about improving their game and progressing up these leagues. It's like you are your own little football club, um, which is a really cool idea and a really uh, a really quite a novel concept. There aren't many games that do that to, the, or there are many games that have this kind of esports component to such a degree. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on this this uh, skillcraft study because it looks really interesting and I'd. Uh, I I will report back when I find out more. Um, So, yeah.
0: That is the end. What the hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's about having the instantaneous effect, even though you don't know when the
1: present was opened. It was so awesome to the end. Degree. Degree. Time for I was doing the thing. I was like desperately searching through Wikipedia for Wikipedia. That is for Anakin Skywalker quotes, because he was an orphan. And I was sure that we could crowbar that, those two things okay, together.
0: Seriously. The Anakin Skywalker quote you're thinking of is what Shmi says of him. He gives without thought of reward. Star Wars Episode 1. Specifically, his urine. <laughs> um, I'm glad I didn't stop recording. This will be great. Oh, I
1: did. I stopped after what the hell was that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, you should, you should hang on to this. Uh, I will, Annie. That will explain his facial expression. He is drained. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: what I need to do is look up for some show notes what uh, Darth Cialdini might look like. Are there any
1: pictures of Cialdini on the Yes, there are. The best thing about it is that he looks like like the slimiest marketing business person. Go on his Wikipedia page. He looks... Um, have you, you've seen Donnie Darko, haven't you? Uh, yes. He looks exactly like... The creepy skeevy guy that comes into the school um, to try and sell them like the wellness program or what it is, who ends up being a paedophile. Yeah, he looks exactly like him, which I kind of wanted, but also didn't want to mention on the on the show because that is edging towards the libellous.
0: Okay, yes, I I was thinking just for reasons of taste, just uh, <laughs> throwing rape at me as it were. Thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry, do you want to cut
1: that maybe? <laughs>
0: oh I'll, I'll, i don't know oh i see what you mean yeah he does look creepy um i may save that and do some red and black facial tattoos for the show notes <laughs> that's
1: brilliant um they will probably look terrible but that's fine do it just do it like really crudely in paint <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah obviously photoshop in lightsaber <laughs> Uh,
0: I could cut out the background or something and then for a picture of Batson I'm just going to put in like a picture of Satel Shan.
1: <laughs> what you could do because that picture of cheldinia has got that wonderful shadow behind it if you could just photoshop the shadow to look like Vader <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> okay uh, names I'm adding Darth What Was It to my notepad document of useful names <laughs> you have a thing of useful names? Yes, as any uh, fan of RPGs should. The hardest part of any RPG is choosing the name for your character. So it's very useful to have a list of names that you come up with. So you can go and look at that. Also, uh, in reference back to the rest of the podcast, I think having the power of precognizant puns would be amazing. It's like you're an oracle. but. (laughs) You can only dispense your wisdom in the form of crushingly awful puns and no one ever listens to you. That's interesting. Uh, My dad has a superpower
0: that he can predict what a football commentator is going to say. But it came (laughs) up last night because Match of the Day was on and there's this, you know, tackle and should it be a a penalty or not? And he says, well, it was a tangle of legs. And the commentator goes, well, it was a tangle of legs. It's just like, that's so weird.
1: (laughs) He's had a for years. It's good. Impressive, but it is just statistics. Football commentators only say a very limited number of things. <laughs> but uh, that is a, a, a wonderfully useless superpower.
0: So, yes, uh, <laughs> I think that's everything. Nice.